Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hey, good evening. I'm Dr. Gina, and this is Primetime. Now, after weeks of anticipation, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says that Joe Biden will emerge. He's going to emerge to finally deliver an address to the nation. And also, Joe Biden will hold a press conference and actually take questions from the press. Biden's first primetime address as president will be held on the one-year anniversary of the COVID shutdown, also known as two weeks to stop the spread. How apropos. Anyway, who knows? Maybe Biden will announce that the entire country is ready to reopen. But I doubt that. Um, we'll just have to wait and see, I guess, what he has to say. S someone else who is hiding from the press is New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. And no, he has not resigned yet. He is still hanging on even after being tied to the deaths of thousands of nursing home residents. And then with the women coming out of the woodwork with sexual harassment claims over and over again, Cuomo says he is not going anywhere for now. Now, the folks over at the Media Research Center have been watching all the Cuomo coverage, and they have some very interesting findings. The nursing home scandal, where Cuomo ordered COVID patients to be admitted into nursing homes and thousands of elderly people died, that story has been in the news for, get this, 10 months now. And the Media Research Center found that networks ABC, NBC, CBS on their evening newscasts only devoted 15 minutes and 35 seconds total to that story over the past 10 months. You can't make this up. But now that women have started coming out and claiming that gov the governor sexually harassed them, that story has gotten 44 minutes and 14 seconds. And that is only in the past 11 days since that story broke. And what does that say about where our priorities are as a nation? Let that sink in. 15 minutes over 10 months for the nursing home scandal that killed thousands and 44 minutes over the past 11 days for women claiming sexual harassment. What is wrong? Anyway, the media covered Cuomo for 10 months during an election year, but now they'd like to sweep the deaths of the nursing home residents right under the rug. Over at NBC, there was a short bit of real news that slipped out in their evening newscast over the weekend. In a report about booming Florida restaurants and other small businesses thriving, the NBC reporter shared COVID stats that are rarely seen outside of Real America's Voice and Dr. Gina Primetime. Uh, the reporter actually revealed on national television that the COVID lockdowns in California and New York had virtually zero effect in stopping the virus compared to Florida's policy of keeping businesses open and not masking everyone to death. Check it out. Florida so far has recorded 1.9 million cases of COVID and more than 31,000 deaths. But NBC News figures show despite vastly different rules, California, Florida, and New York City have nearly identical per capita case rates, better than the majority of the country. It's hard to believe that report made it to air, and we're waiting to see if that reporter's 
fired <laughs> for reporting that dangerous information that the lockdowns didn't work or have any effect at all. Now, if I posted that to Facebook, I'd probably be banned. So we'll see what happens to this reporter. All right, let's head out around America to our hosts and correspondents on the ground. First to Washington, D.C., D.C., to Sophie Mann, the host of Just the News AM. Sophie, go ahead. Hi, Dr. Gina. Thanks so much. So I wanted to talk to you today about the immigration crisis at the United States southern border. A little while ago, I spoke to Chef Mark Daniels, who runs an Arizona border town. And what he wanted to talk about was sort of the political rhetoric and gridlock that is being thrown around and that is really impeding uh, uh, security forces at the border from effectively being able to protect our country and the people who live in those border towns. What he is putting the most blame on is not the transfer administration so much, rather the lack of communication that is taking place right now between the federal government and state and local governments and municipalities on the ground, who he is saying that there is just no chain of command. You know, he's in Arizona, so his governor, uh, Doug Ducey, has been reaching out to the, to the federal government, to the Department of Homeland Security, to whomever the right channels are to talk about um, the, the increased number of migrants flowing across the border. And he's saying that his governor has been, I think the word he used was diplomatic about it. Um, but as a result, he's not been getting very much of a response at all. And so, you know, especially during what he still calls a global pandemic, um, there are health considerations to take into place. These immigrants are not being tested. If they are being tested and they test positive, there is no game plan for what to do with them. We're not entirely sure where they're headed. Um, and it's kind of just a scary situation on the ground for him because he is being gridlocked uh, in, in a moment where he needs to be able to protect people in his community. So we'll keep you updated with how that situation is playing out. Thanks so much. Well, thank you, Sophie. Appreciate that from our headquarters there in Washington, D.C. And let's head on out to Denver to our RAV headquarters where Jessica Rivera is standing by. Jessica, great to see you. Hope you had a great weekend. What do you have for us today? Likewise, Dr. Gina, I did. Thank you very much. Well, President Joe Biden has signed executive order after executive order since he took office in January. But one of those orders that is garnering a lot of attention is his 30 by 30 plan. According to the administration, it's a commitment to protect America's lands and waters at 30% each, hence the name 30 by 30. It's a climate change plan with the goal to safeguard, strengthen, and conserve America's nature by the year 2030. But how will the government come up with the 30% of land and water it needs? Well, the plan is to coordinate with federal, state, and tribal agencies to set aside such lands, which sounds great when it comes to public land and water, but what about private land? Well, herein lies the problem. There's this grandiose announcement of conservation in the next nine years, and no real plan laid out in which way to do it, leaving many to surmise how the 30 by 30 plan will actually play out. Even Assistant Professor of Wildlife Management and Policy at Berkeley, Arthur Middleton says, private landowners do have a valid reason and concern about the federally mandated conservation goals due to its lack of specific details. Currently, the federal government owns 33% of the nation's land, 60% is privately owned, and the remaining 7% is state, public, or tribal land. Therefore, the only logical way this plan can be successful would be a 30% land grab, something that is obviously not sitting well with private landowners across the US. And Dr. Gina, not too long ago here on this show, I did a report on Bill Gates' massive land buying and ownership around the nation, and I mentioned that people 
should really be looking into what their rights are when it comes to their land and their water. And I will re-emphasize that once again, because this 30 by 30 plan, it will take time to complete. It's not gonna happen overnight, but it's a goal uh, in just nine years. So without being an alarmist, people need to be aware that this is the plan that is in motion coming down uh, the line. So do what is necessary to be prepared, like I said earlier, because it seems like they are full force into getting their 30 by 30 plan uh, successful within the next nine years. Unbelievable, unbelievable, which makes everything that else that we're doing right now so much more important. What can folks do when you say be prepared? What specifics can you think of, Jessica, in terms of preparedness? So, like, for instance, if you live on land where there is water, you need to really look into the rights there. Is uh, the water, what is your water usage? How much do you really own of that water? Is some of it considered public? Um, and the same thing with your land. And I know this will affect a lot more uh, agriculture uh, uh, farmers and ranchers a lot more than the average person in the city. Um, so lots of times they do know what is going on with their land, but likewise, um, you don't have to have a huge piece of property, but sometimes there's stuff on there as far as water and other things on there that might be um, pretty lucrative that you don't know those specific rights to. So it's always just to know, have in the back of pocket, have in your back pocket to know what's going on in your area so that when something like this does come down the pike, uh, you know, you can have a bigger group maybe come together uh, in your community to talk about it so that nobody's really kind of left in the dark and kind of surprised at the end when um, the government does start saying, well, you know, we, we made mention of this, you know, so many months ago or so many years ago, and this is our, um, this is our plan, and at least you guys will have a plan together too. And when it comes, like I said, this is just mainly focused on uh, water and land, and I believe it does, if you're on the coast, it does deal with ocean waters. Wow. <laughs> and, and so right now, only 60% of, of our nation's land is owned by um, private private owners, correct? Mm -hmm. and, and what was the figure? 30% is owned by um, by the by the feds already? Yes, 33% is already owned by the federal government. And if anybody knows anything about the uh, Bureau of Land Management, we know all the controversy that has kind of taken place with that. It's already kind of a sticky kind of agency to deal with. Uh, they've kind of had their run-ins with many ranchers and uh, many land, private landowners across the nation. We've heard of them over the years. So I can't imagine that this 30 by 30 plan is gonna go any smoother than some of those um, issues have gone in the past. It's terrifying to me that they own that much already. I, I'll never forget there are all these islands off the coast of California. If you ever were on a flight where they fly up the uh, coast of California, there are tons and tons of islands there that you are not even allowed to ever go near um, because they're all federal land. You don't mind so much when it's military, but when it's just federal land that's not even being used for anything, really makes you question. It really uh, does. And that's, that's, of course, how those socialist, country, socialist states like California and others work. So anyway, Jessica, thank you for the heads up, and we'll all be watching it. Thank you. You're welcome. Now let's head back out to Washington, D.C., where Joseph Weber has been watching the latest 2022 election news. Joseph, Republican Senator Roy Blunt from my home state of Missouri says he is not running for re-election. This doesn't surprise me at all. I've had a lot of texts about this. I actually helped elect 
Roy Blunt in the very beginning. Not a moment I've always been proud of, to be completely honest with you, especially in recent months. What do you know about this? Well, I have to agree with you. I wasn't completely surprised at all. I was mildly surprised by the timing. I thought maybe he would hang around a little bit in the election cycle to see uh, where the winds blow. But um, I think this is a very difficult time for establishment uh, Republicans. He um, he knows that he's in a difficult situation. Um, if you recall, um, during his 2016 election, he was basically underwater, struggling to get to 50 percent. And he backed President Trump. President Trump won that state and kind of pulled him over the line. Then all of a sudden he becomes, you know, part of the inauguration committee. It appears that he's going to, you know, hitch his wagon to President Trump. And then slowly and slowly uh, he distanced himself from the president. And now he finds himself likely um, presumably facing a strong reelection challenge from the right. So I'm not surprised there. He's the fifth one now. You have Senator Shelby, Senator Toomey, um, Senator um, Portman, and um, now Senator Blunt and Richard Burr. So now that's five. So we have, uh, there's quite a few. There's a couple other quite to take a quick look at on the other side. Um, we have one more on the Republican side that I think is worth pointing out, and that's Senator Ron Johnson. Now he's running in a difficult situation because Trump lost Wisconsin uh, last year. So that's one of the few states in which a Republican is running in a state that Trump lost. That'll be difficult. Democrats aren't facing that situation. Although a couple of people to look out to pick off maybe Raphael Warnock in Georgia. Uh, Schumer, I think, getting a challenge from the left, from AOC or anything, anybody like that has been talked about. I think if he gets this coronavirus package, he's pretty safe. It's interesting, especially in light of the Missouri race, because I think that's a surprise to a lot of people. Um, but, you know, Missouri used to be a swing state for decades. It used to be a bellwether state, but it's turned yeah. solidly Republican. And yeah. I think that we have Obama to thank for that, frankly. Yeah. Uh, but do Democrats really think they could pick this up in a midterm election year? Because I see there's an effort to draft uh, the once upon a time popular Claire McCaskill to run for that again. I don't see that happening, but she certainly has kept her name out there in politics. What do you see happening along that front? A couple of things with McCaskill. I saw that she tweeted back, definitely not. Uh, you know, she lost her reelection bid and residents really sort of fell out of favor with her. The whole idea with the private jet and stuff like that. I don't can't see that. I can't even see them really launching any really good attack on this is, you know, even Romney won in 2012. So this is like Ohio, these quintessential battleground states have become, yeah. you know, more and more red as it goes along. I think we're really going to see, we talked about, you know, obviously this has been reported, Eric Greitens, the former governor there, uh, running to the right of somebody like Blunt. I think that's where you're really going to see this race go. And it's interesting because it used to be a thing, as I say on this show all the time, which this show is an opinion show, or just the news side is our news side. I like to delineate that. We are opinion. But as I say on this show all the time, it used to be the case that you needed moderates to win a Republican uh, race. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think CPAC was strong evidence of that this year. I think we will see uh, right-leaning candidates coming in and sweeping some of these elections uh, coming up. But, Joseph, I always appreciate your perspective. Thank you so much for being on with us tonight. You're welcome. All right. Um, we are going to be talking to a GOP freshman congressman uh, emerged from his office in D.C. without a mask. We're going to show you what happened when that happened right here on Dr. Gina Primetime. Back in a moment. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. So glad you are with us. Now, Congressman Byron Donalds recently took reporters by surprise when he stepped out of his Washington, D.C. office without a mask. This is how it went down. Why do I bring that up? Because it's important that in our capital, we start talking about the things that are real and not the things that are fake. You see, I already had COVID-19. The attending physician in this very capital gave me the antibody test last week. I still have I'm not spreading anything. I forgot my mask. The reality is, if you have antibodies, you're actually okay. The other reality is, is that the President of the United States, the Vice President of the United States, the Speaker of the House have all been inoculated. They have the vaccine, but they still wear their mask anyway. The reason they do this is because Washington is accustomed to fan dances. Washington is accustomed to doing fake things that don't matter. I love it. It's true. D.C. is used to doing fake things that don't matter. Symbolism over substance, I always say. And the congressman went on in that video to compare uh, that fake COVID relief bill that has very little to do with actual COVID relief. But rather than uh, play that whole video, we thought we would just ask the congressman to come on and tell us about it live here on the show. Congressman Byron Donalds from Florida's 19th Congressional District joins us now. Thank you so much for being here, Congressman, and it's, it's an honor. Uh, Dr. Gina, thanks for having me on. Congressman, before we get to the fake COVID relief bill, let's start with the fake COVID rules. Wear a mask forever, even if you've had the vaccine, even if you'd had, you've had COVID, even if you have the T cells, uh, even if you have the antibodies, it looks like you're getting tired of following fake and ridiculous rules that not only make no sense, but could endanger your health. I have right in front of me stacks of paper of, uh, of studies that tell about the dangers of mask wearing. Um, even if you haven't had COVID, it seems like no scientists want to talk about this. They talked about it a little bit at first. We know the CDC first said don't wear a mask. Fauci first said don't wear a mask. A Surgeon General first said don't wear a mask. But then as soon, and this was interesting, as soon as it turned out that China had all of these masks to sell and American factories couldn't find any masks to sell, didn't have the basic uh, basic things to make the masks, but China was going to be making billions and billions of dollars on these masks. And there were all these lobbyists in the Capitol saying, buy your masks from China. All of a sudden, the CDC, the Surgeon General, Fauci, and all the leading scientists and all the so-called peer-reviewed scientific studies buried all of the findable scientific studies in Google searches, right? And you could no longer find these studies. But if you go to DuckDuckGo, you can find stacks. I have stacks and stacks of studies I keep on my desk every night of studies about the dangers of wearing masks that disappeared about eight months ago on the internet. Why is this, Congressman? Well, I think, first of all, we got to take a full step back. Masks, the only masks that really work is the K95 or the KN95. Those are the only ones that work. Um, if you're wearing one of the ones that you typically could buy at any 7-Eleven or even a, tar a Target or even the box of 50, the black surgical ones, 
those will simply don't work nearly as well because they don't really secure your nose and your mouth completely. That's just the, that's the reality. That is the science. The reason why everybody's so hopped up on mask wearing, and again, I don't want to tell people not to protect themselves, protect them health. If you feel a mask helps helps you, if you want to do everything possible, sure, do that. But, you know, still wash your hands, socially distance, and do all those things. The reason why we're so caught up in masks is because of the symbolism of it. Even right now in the nation's yes. capital, there are people who are walking down the street by themselves wearing a mask. I have no idea why, but that's what they're doing. Um, you can't catch COVID from yourself. If you're walking down the street, you're not going to catch it out of thin air. This is the issue we're having. The purpose of masks is actually to be when you're in a confined space with a lot of people and you cannot socially distance. That's the purpose of wearing them. What we've done now, again, is we've taken on this, this mantra, this, 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 frankly, this fakeness, that if you're not wearing a mask at all, then somehow you're only out to hurt your fellow man. And that's simply not true. The reality is we still don't know a lot about how COVID-19 passes from one person to another. This is how you have situations like what happened in my own house, where when I had COVID-19, my wife and my kids didn't get it from me. They did not contract it during the entire time I was in their vicinity during quarantine and, and, and isolation. There's a lot we just don't know. Let's get back to the things that are important that we do know. Distance yourself when possible. Make sure you wash your hands. Um, and then, of course, if you feel you need to wear a mask or some sort of face covering, so you're so if you're in close contact with somebody, uh, then do that to protect your health. It's really that simple. 100%. And I don't think there's any freedom lover among us, Congressman. I've never in my life heard anyone say that you should not be able to wear a mask if that makes you feel safe. It's about the imposition and the mandates. And a lot of people have health problems. And we know there are several incidents where someone has passed out driving wearing a mask alone in their car and it has ca have caused fatal accidents. Um, we know that there have been several head injuries caused by that. Um, in gyms in particular, we have a man um, just down the way from me in Broward County whose entire gym was confiscated from him and they're trying to put him in jail for um, basically for you know saying that his people in his gym didn't have to wear masks in a state that is open Florida where our own governor has said we're open and he didn't want to impose masks because he was really worried about being sued for imposing a mask mandate on those who had health problems and didn't want to wear them so this is really hard for business owners to even know how to handle this in the midst of all of this craziness when the data is not very specific, like you said, so people should be able to wear them if they want to. They shouldn't have to if they don't want to. And even with tuberculosis, as I'm sure you know, the mandate says if you have tuberculosis, you wear a mask, but it doesn't state that anyone else should wear a mask. We have tuberculosis pouring over our border and no one's saying anything about that. Well, here we are with the crazy COVID rules. Um, we've been reporting the data here on this show for months, and we show these graphs over and over, Congressman. There's little evidence out there that masks actually work to stop the spread. As you mentioned, this graph compares counties within Florida. The data shows that the counties in Florida that mandated masks on the county uh, had a higher rate of COVID than the counties that did not mandate those masks. Um, so you seem to be ahead of the curve here. What was the response when you came out and said this from your colleagues? Um, actually, it has been pretty remarkable. A lot of people around the country really took hold of the message because, you know, like I said in that video, it's important that we just do the things that make sense, the things that are accurate. You know, even today, right now, the CDC came out with some guidance that said, if you're fully vaccinated, now you can actually go and spend time with your family unit in a, in a small gathering in your home. Well, guess what? The American people have been doing that for a year. That has not yeah. changed. 
If you're vaccinated, you have the antibodies, you cannot get the virus and you cannot transmit the virus. This is the whole point of vaccination. And the point I try to tell people that if you're if you get vaccinated, but then we say you still have to wear a mask and socially distance, then what's the point of getting vaccinated? Just stay in your home if, if it's if it's all that. Why do these things? Right now you have the president of the United States, he still wears his mask dutifully, even though he's been vaccinated and they monitor his health every single day. Same thing with the vice president, same thing with the speaker of the house. Let me tell you how silly some of these rules are. So Jamie Raskin was one of the impeachment managers. When he was in the Senate, he did not have to wear a mask on the Senate floor. Now this is the Senate chambers and the house chambers are all in the same building, same US Capitol that nobody can get into because now it's become Fort Pelosi, same building, okay? On the Senate floor, Jamie Raskin does not have to wear a mask. On the House floor, Jamie Raskin has to wear a mask. This doesn't even make any sense what we're doing anymore. This is why I said a lot of what we're doing is for show. This is pandering. This is fake. And it's not giving the American people the actual information they need so we can get back to, their, to our lives collectively as a country as quickly as we can. Well, it makes a lot of sense what you're saying, and it makes a lot of sense to me what you did. And, and like you said, no one would ever begrudge someone feeling safe in their own way. If you feel threatened, stay home by all means. If you feel threatened, um, you know, close your business. If you feel threatened, don't go out. If you feel threatened, wear your mask. Those are all things that any of us can respect. I frankly am glad we have more options where people can order out and things like that. That's all great. But to destroy an entire economy, and to dehumanize people the way we have, um, there's a special danger to that that concerns me long-term for our basic love of fellow man. Does the psychological component concern you, Congressman? Uh, very much so. I think two things. Number one, we already know small children need to have the ability to socialize and to gather. So what's happening, frankly, in many blue cities and in some blue states where they're not allowed to go to school anymore is having major impacts on their psychology going forward. The amount of mental health issues has skyrocketed in the United States. The amount of drug abuse issues have skyrocketed in the United States. It's, there, it's actually quite simple. Man was not meant to be alone. And so these forced isolations have major psychological and mental health issues. We're starting to see them right now materialize in front of our eyes in the United States. And, and nobody on the, on the news media, the main news media, really wants to cover it because it's not COVID related. Uh, but this is COVID related. Domestic violence abuse is up in the country because of these lockdowns, because of these isolation policies. So there's a way we can do this. And we've done it in Florida now for about seven, eight months where you can be open, have an open society, go to work, go to school. You know, your kids can play sports. Um, you can go to the beach and do all those things that people normally do while also following the science, the way the left loves to talk about, but actually following the actual science, not fake science, not, not, not pandering science, not political science, but actually following the science to make sure that you protect your health. We can do both. The mental health issues are very serious. Um, and it's unfortunate that we've had a lot of governors in our country who would rather play politics and actually make sure that their people um, have the ability to just live their lives and be healthy in all of their being, not just when it comes to COVID-19. I tried hard to warn about this. My background, thus the doctor, is all in mental health. And I've lost two friends to suicide 
during COVID. And um, it's terrifying what it's done to our veterans. And it's not just uh, the depression. It's really drugs and alcohol, even cancer rates and uh, heart disease rates and things like that that are killing people, too. So we need to, at some point, recognize those deaths as well. And, Congressman, I think that your courage is contagious. Um, and I hope that it goes a long way, uh, that sort of contagion, that courage uh, contagion, uh, to spread to your colleagues there in the Capitol because they could use a little bit of it. Thank you so much for being with us tonight and pointing to some real truths. Dr. Gina, thanks so much for having me. All right, absolutely. All right, coming up, our own Ben Burkwam has been documenting the crisis on our southern border, unlike anybody out there in the news business. He has some unbelievable footage that you will not see anywhere else. That's next on Dr. Gina Primetime. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Our own Ben Burkwam is just back from the U.S.-Mexico border where he has been documenting the crisis created there uh, by the Biden administration's open border policies. It's stuff you really won't see anywhere else, but I have noticed that uh, I think some other news agencies have uh, decided to copy Ben. He's here with us now. Good to see you, Ben. Ben, looks like you motivated uh, some other news networks to go ahead and send some people to the border, but they're a day late and a dollar short because you were on this before them, and you were getting footage that I hadn't seen any place else and still haven't. Um, and I just I wonder what you make of that. It's like they're all like, oh, Ben Burkwam's there getting great stuff. I guess we better send some people down there. Well, uh, it, you know, it, you, you can't ignore it. I mean, at some point, I think they tried as long as they could. And, and I'm sitting here, I'm going down there, I'm going to these places, I'm, I'm getting intel. Yeah, they did. Uh, and, and, but at some point, they just look foolish. I mean, their budgets are uh, you know, significantly more than mine and ours. Uh, and, and yet they, you know, they ignore some of the most pressing issues in our country like this. The fact that our border now is once again wide open, and this isn't just a Joe Biden uh, Democrat policy for this this regime. It's a Democrat policy uh, under Obama, and before that, it is a UN policy. It is the idea that we don't have the right to border sovereignty, that we don't have a right as a nation to decide who comes into our country. All while we have this COVID going on, all while we're being told that we need to shelter in place and we need to destroy our businesses, and yet we still can't test people that are coming across the border. It is ludicrous what is happening. And so yeah, I, I had an opportunity to go down there and really see some just incredible, incredible, I, I mean, shocking, shocking scenes. And we're going to get to that. And Ben, I just, I, but I want to make the point because I'm so proud of us here at RAV TV that that you went there and you not only got the footage and you not only told the story that literally was being blacked out in our news, but you have forced the hand of other news agencies, as you pointed out, with bigger budgets. It's just the reality, although we are dramatically increasing our uh, viewership every single day, and I'm proud of that as well. Um, yeah. But you yourself 
broken. And I want to just pause to notice that you yourself broke this story and forced the hand of other news agencies to, to get on the stick and stop blacking out actual news and get down there and tell this story too. And I think that is Emmy worthy. And I am so proud of you, Ben Burkwam. Okay, Ben, well, wait. before we... Yeah. Just, just, okay, go ahead, go ahead. I, I just want to say... Uh, what's coming when you say that's Emmy worthy with this you've you haven't seen anything yet I mean, we're putting this together into a special that's only gonna air on RAV this Saturday Nobody else is gonna have it uh, and really if if the the other fake news networks are out there that are getting their You know actually seeing what real news looks like. That's why we exist That's why uh, this network exists because you weren't doing your job And that's why we're taking the market share because you weren't doing your job So if you want to okay. see something amazing this Saturday only on RAV that's right. And did you really think I wasn't going to tease your special? But anyway, Ben, okay, we've got a little of the video that you are going to air. Speaking of your special that I was going to tease, Ben, I wasn't going to let this happen without that. Uh, a two-minute video from the border. Please set it up for us, and then we're going to roll it. I decided to go up on top of a mountain uh, and I've been told about, I've been on this mountain before. Uh, it was uh, in a hotel nearby, I went for a jog this morning. Uh, this is an area where cartels control it. For people that understand, I was in Tijuana, uh, Tijuana when I, was, when I did this. Um, and just so people understand, from, from uh, San Diego, from Tijuana, all the way to McAllen uh, and to the, the Gulf of Mexico, cartels control the ground. They control who goes and who doesn't. And everything that you're seeing, this new caravan that we have coming up from, the, from Central America and everything we're seeing with the tent city in Tijuana, all of that is a distraction that allows the cartel to do what we're gonna see here. Mm, here we go. Thought you got a guy up here with a backpack. Not sure if he's gonna jump or if he's a lookout. Let's see. This guy's really thinking about it behind me. He keeps pacing back and forth right up there. You got the lookout. There's one right down on the bottom down here behind the gas station. It's a huge operation. It's all run by the cartels. As I was coming up, one of the uh, guys that was about to jump got a backpack on. He's actually right up uh, just off my left shoulder up by the monument there, bent down, sitting down. I've got scouts across the, the way over here, kind of watching what we're doing. It's a very dangerous place. Got another scout right across, I don't want to point, but right behind my left shoulder on the other hill over there. He's watching. Got scouts in the buildings all behind me, sitting behind the walls watching. And what they do is they say, hey, we can get you across if you don't have the money to go. Um, just take this backpack for us. And they come up here for any of the thousand points along the way. They have lookouts that are watching for them. They give them the signal when to go, and then they go. This place, thankfully, President Trump did a double wall section here because it's so notorious for traffic. And this guy's back up. He's looking, just waiting for his chance. It's time to go. All right, it's my time to go now because this just gets really dangerous. He's right there at the top. So he's got that one place to jump and you think, oh, it's a double wall. There's a wall on the other side, right? Except the gate's open. So all he has to do is jump there, run through that gate, down the mountain. He's in America. This is a battle for the future of our country. This is the front line 
of the battle. And Democrats, Joe Biden, and the left are aiding and abetting the enemy. Ben, um, that road right there that you see, I drove on that road all the time. I know exactly where that is. I know exactly where that turn is. I had no idea all of that was going on there. I, of course, knew people were swimming across the border, and I knew a lot of that that you and I discussed on this show on Friday. But I didn't know that was there, and I didn't realize what you pointed out, that really the tent city and all of that, a lot of that um, is a distraction for what the cartels are doing that you recognized on the mountainside. That's exactly right. Uh, the more people that we have jamming the border, and right now, just so people understand, the audience understands, there's 20,000 plus people in Tijuana, and there's over 100,000 across the border uh, from, uh, from East Coast to West Coast. We're anticipating that number growing to possibly up to a million this year. We got another caravan coming up from Central America and, and we have a limited number of Border Patrol resources. So as those places get congested, as the actual ports of entry get congested, we have to send more resources away from the wall like where I was standing right there and all of the unwalled sections now that we've stopped building the wall because of Biden all of those areas become wide open. And every single one of those, again, so that you understand this, this is not, uh, you know, nice people coming to America to try to better their lives, although there are, there is some of that, and we have desperate people looking for a better life, but who the, the people that actually control it are people that are trafficking drugs and they're trafficking sex and children. Uh, the, the same thing I mentioned about backpacks, they do the same thing. We were interviewing, and again, you'll, you'll only see this on the interviews that we got uh, at the, the Tijuana uh, uh, camp there. They said that there are men coming in at night, they're taking children, they're taking people. Uh, one man was shot in the head just a few nights ago. Uh, they're telling them that if you say anything to the police, you'll be next. All of this is done, and, and they'll give them that ultimatum. We can get you over the border, wear this backpack, or go to work for us. And what go to work for us means is you, you end up being a slave. You know, We talk about slavery and oppression and all these things uh, as being hundreds of years ago. That There is still slavery in America, and it is controlled by the cartels in Mexico. Uh, and, and it's again, it's just shameful that other networks aren't covering this, that they're covering it as if it's America's fault that we have to open our borders because if we do that, if we do what the Democrats are asking us to do, every single American citizen, and especially those in low-income communities, are, are gonna be more in danger. We're gonna have more angel families, uh, family members that are killed by illegal aliens. We're gonna have more deaths by vehicular manslaughter, all of this. And all, the sickening part is it all could be prevented. And as I told you, it was my friends in the legal immigrant community that bear the largest brunt of the crime right, right across that border right there. That's right, exactly. You'll see, and my children exactly. knew these children and all of these families that were legal immigrants that fought hard to get here and that love America right. uh, would tell me of the stories. Exactly. Uh, every one of them with a relative that had in some way been affected by the crime of the cartels right across the border right there. They are the most hurt. So when they say that this is about uh, immigrants in this country, it's exactly the opposite. They are the ones who will bleed for this. And if Joe Biden and Kamala Harris cared, right. they would not be allowing this to happen at all. Ben Barquam, thank you so much for your hard work on this. I can't wait for your special. Have to make sure that you tune in on Saturday to RAV TV to see this special on the border crisis. Footage you will see no place else in media. 
Thank you so much again for your amazing reporting from Tijuana, Mexico, and from the whole southern border, Ben Burkwam. Coming up, you won't believe the offensive words that were said by Chris Cuomo on CNN that has some social media folks calling him a racist. You won't believe it, and that is up next right here on Dr. Gina Primetime. Stay with us. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Hey, now don't forget, if you're watching us on RAV, be sure that you turn tune into my podcast, which is at justthenews.com. Just click on the little hamburger up in the corner. Just click on podcast, scroll down until you see my face. And if you're listening on our podcast, tune in to RAV TV every single night, 7 p.m. Eastern. And there are lots of ways you can get us. Roku, Pluto, Dish, so many ways. And we, at this point in the show, one of my favorite parts of the show, we have a fake news alert. All right, CNN host Chris Cuomo, also known as Fredo Cuomo, also known as the disgraced New York governor's brother, made a comment that has social media freaking out. Just a little. Watch. Just looking out of the window. Watching the asphalt grow, <laughs> thinking how it all looks handy. How do you know the words to good times? You know I'm black on the inside. So good times, good times. you need a baby. So times. Florida, who, by the way, was a hugely educated, I think she was a Yale. Well, there you go. Cuomo's comment, black on the inside. A lot of social media users pretty ticked off. Here with me now to discuss New York City radio talk show host extraordinaire, Kevin McCullough. Kevin, great to have you with us. Always fun to be back with you, Gina. And I just want you to know that I'm identifying as an international woman on the inside today. Oh, that's great. Well, apparently, Kevin, Cuomo's fellow CNN host Don Lemon didn't call him out for that comment. But do you think if you had made that comment on that program, uh, that would have flown that smoothly? I know one thing from watching that clip. It under it uh, explains CNN's ratings dilemma hugely, and I can uh, appreciate uh, why they struggle <laughs> so badly. Yes, of course there would be a double standard, and they would come for me because I'm a white Christian male, uh, there would be all kinds of problems. But Cuomo doesn't have to fit into that mold because he kisses the ring and does all the stuff that the left that wants to cancel everyone is willing to do. He doesn't even have to stay inside when he has COVID and is COVID positive. Remember that, Dr. Gina? He just be out, about doing his thing while everyone else had to be shut down. Yeah, exactly. All right, Kevin, I don't want to talk about the fake news anymore. I really want to talk about the okay. column you wrote for townhall.com. It was a call to action. You said, we are out of time when it comes to stopping the radical agenda and the power grab of the left and the socialists right now. And your thesis was that, they power, that, that their power grab can be stopped on the local level, but it has to be done right now. I feel like I say this every night, but tell them your plan for that. We're out of time. Uh, and if anybody doubts that, just look at Joe Manchin's uh, now uh, some complex of conscience and trying to deal with the filibuster. Uh, we don't yeah. we can't count on anybody. 
we've got to go fix elections in local legislatures. We've got to get this fixed now, and we've got to start fighting like the future of America depends on it. Uh, we needed to start yesterday. Yeah, because it does. All right, Kevin, this uh, COVID relief bill that Congress just passed has absolutely nothing to do with actual COVID relief. And I am so ticked about all of the ridiculous spending in this. And uh, I, I just wanted to get your take on this and, uh, and especially on the whole mansion portion of this. Well, it's really interesting, and I did not know this, but uh, it, it, we could have paid every bill that every state was outstanding on the COVID problem. So all of the bills that they had accumulated because of COVID in their states, we could have paid them all for $700 billion. This relief package, which is about 91%, nothing to do with COVID, is three times that amount of money. And it seems to me that if we don't, uh, if, if we can't manage our housekeeping any better than this, then we don't really deserve to have a country much longer because this is just absolute lunacy. But to know that, it, that we could have paid every single bill that every state had for one third of what this bill is going to cost us, and it's going to it's going to cost us way more than that down the road because kids and grandkids are going to be dealing with a uh, with a currency that basically is is worth nothing, and that's the real problem. Kevin, you also wrote at your website that Joe Manchin, the so-called moderate Democrat senator, is open to changing the filibuster rules. Kevin, that's scary. Joe Manchin is the only man standing between us and socialism in America, and it looks like he is tainted. I'm just going to say it. Well, he said that he's still in favor of having it, but he, he's open to reforming it. I, I think once you've cracked the door there, we're not really talking about what you do for a living anymore. We're just talking about how yeah. much it costs. And at the yeah. end of the day, I think that's that's kind of where he's at. I, and that this is this is really problematic because if we don't have any breaks on what they can do, then we are in real trouble. And Gina, there are people that are under the suspicion the, the transition to Kamala Harris is already starting. He's interacting with all the heads of state. Uh, President Asterisk can't come out and have a, 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 a press uh, offering to anyone at any point in time. Even when he takes his little three-by-five cards out and he's reading them, he can't get the words that are on the card can't, right. Can't this is really them. problematic. Yeah. And is that why you theorize also, because I read something that you were theorizing that the transition to the Harris administration is already underway. Is that is that part of your reasoning for that? I'm asking I'm asking the question. It certainly doesn't seem like he's up to doing very much and she's taking all the important meetings. She came out and made the press statement today about International Women's Day. And this is this is this is an administration that wants to ce celebrate women in quotes while they're putting men into uh, women's track and field and women's basketball and uh, women's locker rooms and women's bathrooms. Mm. They're really pro-women. Mm. Yeah, exactly. All right, Kevin, we are almost out of time, but we still have enough time left for our meme of the day. My Now, this meme shows Donald Trump announcing that he has destroyed ISIS and taken out Iran's top general. And then at the bottom, it shows Biden announcing that he's defeated Dr. Seuss and Mr. Potato Head. Those seem to be the priorities of the Biden administration these days, unless it's that they have defeated basically jobs in America and putting America first, which I happen to think those two things are debatable. Well, it's really uh, sad on, on both sides of this, because obviously uh, when you look at the White House and you see how it was a, a place of freedom and openness, Capitol Hill was open to the public just months ago, and now it's got the East Berlin 
wall around it with the razor wire on top and on a rainy night with the streetlights on it looks like something out of a 1980s cold war film uh that's that's now our our, our state our uh, head of state uh that's where the people's house is and this is the group that's coming for all of us so yes serious on policy uh didn't really get involved in the silly stuff back when trump was there now they go after the silly stuff and they've insulated themselves like uh, Ro russian oligarchs it's just not right no, absolutely not. All right, Kevin McCullough, I am on your show every Monday, and you get to be on my show most Mondays. Sometimes we push you back a day till Tuesday, depending, but uh, it's always nice to have that interchange and to get to do each other's shows, and we've been doing this for a while now. It's kind of fun. We have. I look forward to it. Yeah. You're a bright spot, and that's one of the things I love about what I do. I get to highlight women every day. I don't need some international women's day founded by Marxists to tell me to are women. <laughs> and I love that about you, too. Kevin, thanks for joining me. And thanks also to you and everyone here at your new home for real news, RAV TV, Real America's Voice, live from Studio 6B, up next with Damon and the crew. Promise you'll laugh. Hug your children. Love your God. You go boldly now and live the truth. Good night, everybody. See you tomorrow.